What's going on, friends? This is random number 10 or 118. Sorry about that. Uh, that's right. I'm Ox. That's Luke over there. We're telling you about the latest and greatest you should be watching, some you should be avoiding. Uh, for this week, for the best and worst list, we watched The Dark Knight and The Hottie and the Naughty. Um, we finished up Unbelievable. Well, I did. Luke had it finished last week. Um, for Spooktember, starting, even though it's still still September, but we're going to give it to Luke. Whatever. You won't release this until tomorrow, so it'll be October 1st. Right on the <laughs> That's fair. That's fair and reasonable. Uh, we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Blair Witch Project, uh, and then we watched uh, the new one on Netflix called Into the Shadow of the Moon, or In the Shadow of the Moon. Yeah. So did you get everything watched this week? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it all? I'm just, it's there. It's somewhere percolating <laughs> in the back of my, it's like a fish in the percolator. It's in there somewhere. Uh, any news you want to start with before we uh, get into all that? I'm sure there was some stuff, but man, I've just been, you know, I'm just, just following our president having a goddamn meltdown on Twitter over impeachment. So that's all I've been paying attention to. Uh, you don't have any feelings about Spider-Man coming back to the MCU? No, no, I really don't. Especially when it's just like they're going to co-produce one more movie so that he can be in one more Marvel movie. Who fucking cares? <laughs> and, and also, show me, like, show me the lineup that Marvel has in this Phase 4 and where do you want to see Spider-Man in that? Because I don't want to see him in it. Like, the Eternals? Fuck off. No one cares. <laughs> I think he's slated for uh, two years now, isn't he? I don't know. Not next I, year, all but I, I know think is it's like, 21. Yeah. All I know is, like, they reach the deal. Disney gets 25%. Uh, they co-produce the next Spider-Man movie, and he gets to appear in one more Marvel movie. Hmm. Ridiculous. And again, like I said, where in anywhere in Phase Four do you fucking care to see Spider Man? Shang Chi? Uh, do you want to see Spider Man and Shang Chi hang out? Uh, you know, Spider Man. I have two homes now. <laughs> Listen, he's fucking. He has two homes, but he still doesn't have a daddy. Fucking Tony Stark still did. Doesn't go so bad. Uh, yeah, you're right there. So, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, let's dive into Titans then. We get a look at what happened five years ago, was it, with Deathstroke? Yes. And the answer was not a lot until he kills Aqualad. Um, which, what a messy situation that was. We get introduced to this character to just see him killed off, and I essentially that's what breaks up the team, I suppose. Uh, I assume, I actually think it's actually going to be worse. Like, I think it's going to be what they do to try and get revenge on Deathstroke that tears the team apart. Mm. Because he's Especially with, like, that that end scene where it's, like, two weeks later and it shows Dick Mm. cozying up to Deathstroke's son. Like, I think they're going to do some shit and, like, that's what's going to break the team up. Ah, yeah, when Dove told him to be Batman now, like, that was just such a weird moment, considering I think everybody knows what that essentially means, and, like, they're just like, well, fucking, let's play ball with these assholes like they play ball, and it's like, mm, I don't know, I don't know about any of that, so. Um, 
So Aqualad's dead then, I suppose. <laughs> he he bit that bullet pretty hard. Yikes! He was the coolest one on the team for the five seconds they showed it. Like I was like, I read the the preview before starting the episode. I was like, Aqualad shows up. Well, this can't be any anything cool whatsoever. Because like, I don't care what you do with Aquaman. It just doesn't work. He has water, or he can talk to fish. I guess that's his big power. But they showed him in the show, and he looked pretty decent. And, like, he's just fucking using water power in the streets. And, like, with reasonable exception to uh, the Wonder Gal, uh, he's the only one with real powers, mystical powers, anyway. Um, Yeah, and then he just gets shot out of nowhere. (laughs) (sighs) Well, if only if Donna hadn't tried to fucking run, it wouldn't have been a problem. It's true. It's a real shame, too, because Aqualad is awesome. Um, yeah, but digging what, what we're... Is this four episodes in? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, what do they have? Uh, 11 or 12 episodes to go, or for season? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Wrong question, ask me. I'm surprised how well they're uh, making Deathstroke work because if like with the first season, like we'd have a one done villain, quote unquote villain for an episode or two, but like they're making it work and like they're kind of showing off uh, what happened with Doctor Light uh, previously as well. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, and I got and I finally remembered to send you that picture of Doctor Light's sweet outfit after the conversation last week. <laughs> I can't remember who he reminds me of, but uh, like some old dude, like wearing mostly feathers for his outfit. And I can't think of who he looks like, but like immediately reminded me of somebody like that. So, but works, comics and such. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I like it. Uh, I think like you probably could have intersped this like with flashbacks as opposed to doing a full episode because I, I afraid it might kill the momentum on what was going in the present but mm-hmm. uh, it's my guess that we'll probably get another episode of a flashback showing everything that happened in the past and then we'll get, jump back to the future because sure. uh, at that point fucking uh, fucking Beast Boy has been in the, the sewers for couple weeks now trying to find Jason. <laughs> Could only hope. But but yeah, I mean you get you see that, you know, Deathstroke is not someone to fuck with. I mean like he kills a lot of people in this episode. He's you know has no compunction about it. Hmm. Uh I was surprised to know that he or find that he had a son, uh considering it seemed like he had relatively known his daughter. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. So, well, yeah. it's one thing if you know the comics, you know of both Rose and Jericho. Uh, but also, Rose talked about it last episode or the episode before, where she said like she tried killing Deathstroke because he killed her brother. Mm. Oh, so we do. We'll, we'll probably get to see that all play out. So that's interesting for sure. Um, I. Th- I- I'm just liking this way more than the first season, and I didn't really have any problems with that first one, so. 
Well, I had some problems with the first one, but I'm definitely digging this. Plus, yeah. just, you know, fucking just give me Robin trying to be, like, a terrible fucking, like, sex guru. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the strange thing is to see them to dove float from one to the other uh, for these flashbacks in the present and, like, I don't know. It's weird seeing their their all their relationships. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll I'm sure we'll get more of that next week. But uh, jump from there to let's talk best and worst. Uh, what do you think of Hottie and the Naughty? <laughs> I I was surprised that it was this high on the best list. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I was surprised uh, it was this low on the the worst list. I didn't think it was. A terrible movie. Um, it just seemed like a D-list actors, like just a attempt at a, a rom com. I mean, it was very predictable yeah, but it's like and... it is like inherently gross though. Like it's mm-hmm. a really gross movie. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Like you know, like for the most part, the main character is rewarded for being a shit heel the entire time. Um, it just definitely just none of the characters have layers outside mm-hmm. of are they quote unquote the hottie or the naughty. Um, yeah. You know, like there's that scene where like they're at the club and like him and Paris Hilton have that big breakout and she's just like, I got to know you if only you'd gotten to know me. And I was like, you literally have no character. Like, I don't know what you're trying to talk <laughs> about here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then she played the, the ruse for the costume party, and I was like, I don't understand anybody. Like, <laughs> obviously it's this movie weird... didn't have anything to say, and it was just the concept of a movie. Um, and, like, the idea that, like, not only is she like, I needed to test you to see if you're the real, you know, you real deal. You'd stay with me. So I pretended to fart a lot and want to get married, which scares men away, apparently. But then she's like, you passed. Now go into my closet and pick my sex outfit because I'm a big giant slut. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to go hang out with a virginal one. Like, it's so weird. And like, it's messaging. Mm-hmm. And like, it was very... Uh apparent that it was going this way like fucking 20 minutes into the movie um but yeah i mean it's just the same thing as what 10 things i hate about you and uh she's all that like it's kind of making over the the weird one and trying to date the hot one quote unquote hot one and it's like a i don't know early 20s You'd find this funny, yeah. but like now we're in our thirties, and like that's just gross. <laughs> but but even in stuff like, you know, like she's all that, or all these kind of movies like that. Like at least it is the idea of like he doesn't fall for them because they're attractive. It's they have character. Like I don't feel there's any character to any of these people. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like um, he's literally like. I don't know. Maybe I'd fuck you if you weren't so hairy and had rotten toenails and, like, ball. It's so aggressively over the top on how unattractive they tried to make her. And he's like, oh, man, you're hot. I think maybe there is something here. (laughs) And, yeah, that's essentially the movie. Um, But, I mean, we've seen a handful of worse ones on this list already that 
I can't deal with more than this one. Like, this one just sucks, but <laughs> essentially being, like, the cinematography is all right. Uh, like, they make a, co- a, co- or, uh, a competent movie, but the story's not there. So, mm. I don't know. I disagree. I, I don't feel there's anything competent about this movie. I mean, it's a real big mess, but over this over Birdemic last week, like <laughs> they didn't have fucking shitty clip art of Eagles attacking everybody. So I, guess I don't I know. It. I think I'm, I think that's more endearing than fucking watching Paris Hilton try to act. Ooh, it's a real toss up for sure. Um, so then jumping from there to the best list with Dark Knight. And I'm sure this is a handful of watchings for you. Uh, what do you think of that? Not watching it again? Well, I'm sure it's a handful of watches for you too. I know we saw it twice together opening weekend. Mm, correct. Sure we did. And that was no, we did. <sighs> no, I know. But I, and what, then that was ago? yeah, whenever it came out. But yeah, I saw it twice with you and another time. I saw that movie three times opening weekend. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's still really good, too. It's... I... Uh, hmm. Mm, choose I, your words. <laughs> I'm, I'm, be, I'm trying to be very cautious where I tread. Um, because this is, like, one of the last Nolan films I really enjoy. Um, that being said, watching it this time, like... I don't know. It, it felt complex just for the sake of its being own complexity but I mean everything works so well because you need this point to get to the next point and like they foreshadow a lot of it in the beginning and I even I got halfway through and I was I was watching this on the TV app um, so I had to I had to intermingle it with commercials but I thought they had cut the part with the uh, money burning and then we get to it three-fourths of the way through. I was like, oh, yeah, well, all this stuff led to that. And, like, it's really strange. Um, it's going to be interesting seeing Joker now this next week. But Yeah, weirdly that that worked out this way. Yeah. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this isn't doing that movie any favors that I'm re-watching this four <laughs> days before I'm going to see that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um but I mean, Heath Ledger is just incredible. Um, I was surprised on how much I enjoy. Like, I don't remember any time where I was like, "Man, Christian Bale played a really great Batman." But like this time through, I was like, "Damn, I really enjoyed Christian Bale's Batman." Considering we've only been comparing it to, with Affleck the last few years, um, he did such a great job in that role, and how they played off the. Uh, I completely forgot that the Batman had been destroyed the previous movie and they were essentially living in storage crates. Um, but yeah, so much of this movie just works so well. Um, yeah. And like, I don't think I don't take umbrage with it, but I don't think that the movie is overtly complicated or anything like you said. I think a lot of the movie might seem like it is, but it's not, it's not really about the motions. It's about the themes and everything connects thematically that, you know, like sure everyone might have these 
schemes and you know this leads into that and this and that but really it's all about theme of you know good versus evil is Mm -hmm. batman just as insane as joker or do they both have concurrent paths and you know the 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 hero who falls versus the one who falls in name only to take to lift us up and like it's uh, so good i i just really like everything about it um but you know when you break it down like there's just so many good things like that whole opening bank sequence is fucking amazing dude um, still one of my favorite things in any movie is that that six minute shot and i'm pretty sure they released it as that six minute short previous to the movie and i was just uh, so they, enamored they they i know they released it uh ahead of time as like um an imax and stuff to like start showing it off because this was the first movie nolan shot a bunch of imax stuff with nice um but there's that there's the that whole fucking um chase sequence when they're in the semi trying to get to dent uh and um like if anything i think the uh how do i say it i think the two-faced stuff doesn't completely work on a narrative level Mm -hmm. uh but i get why it's there thematically i think that's the only thing that doesn't quite work once he you know, he has one conversation with the Joker about chaos and all of a sudden he's killing people and, you know, descending down. But I understand why they do that to highlight the Joker's plan, but I'm not quite sure. As a character arc for Dent, it isn't truncated a little. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I think when I was thinking it, it was more complicated than I was expecting, um, I was thinking back when we were talking about... Um, the uh what's it Akira? Not not Akira, but uh Alita earlier this year and it was like the three different sections of the movie. Like this felt very much like there were three different vantage points the movie was uh highlighted. Um and like I think that's why I was saying it was overly complicated. But um yeah, there's just incredible moments and like when you know it's weird knowing the background stuff like um because in the first movie batman gives his boomerang to uh gordon's kid right is it gordon's kid or is it just a kid i can't remember see i don't i can't recall either but i thought it was his kid but this is the first time i've watched this movie and realized that uh, he was the kid from Black Knight, right? Or Black Mirror. And he fucking goes insane and does all this crazy shit. And, like, being in that world definitely makes sense. Um, also, we get to see Barbara for half a second. Um, but, like, it's interesting finding out more of the lower and, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and, like, all that stuff was connected. Even though, like, not being a fan when I first saw it, like all that stuff was there. It just didn't resonate because I didn't know it. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, such an incredible movie. And like, this is a very much has Nolan's thumbprint all over it. You Like the Tumblr 
Um, the bat suit, like all of it has its very unique look and it's, I'm glad it stayed in this trilogy, even though I hate that third one, but, um, I'm glad he has his earmarked trilogy and like, it's weird seeing a superhero get a trilogy and like, just not expand on it. Like considering the first, uh, Spider-Man trilogy that Toby got and like, the meme that was going around that Tom Holland would never get his third one and now he's going to have his third one. But, like, it's just really strange in the MCU. Like, after the MCU has been around for a decade that characters would only get a trilogy and, like, just stop at that. And, like, I can appreciate them having an end point or an end goal and whatnot like that. But, yeah, it was just really, really cool to see this again. Like, this movie holds up so well. Um and like Heath Ledger's just phenomenal in this movie for sure. Just being a, a complete batshit insane person. So. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's it's just firing on a different level than most comic book movies are. Uh, I always hated the idea of like when the movie came out. You know, it was like it's not a comic book movie; it's a crime movie with capes, and like it's just like. Well, that's kind of reductive. Like, this is a, a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, like I, I can understand being like, it's not a just a great comic book movie. It's a great movie. I understand that, but trying to take away the distinct feel of it, like, is hampered by that line of thinking. I think, um, you know, like you can't get a crime movie with like literally the Joker doing supervillain shit. You know, like that it's low level supervillain stuff he's not trying to take over the world but it is distinctly comic booky and it was it was really awesome seeing like knowing of batman's rogue gallery gallery and like this is the first time i think gotham really felt like its own character to me um was in this little universe and like they've they've tried playing with that uh more recently and whatnot but um, yeah, yeah. the The universe just feels very alive, and like it feels very uh, chaotic for this little world that they're living in. And like, <laughs> I love it when they get to the point where uh, Joker's like, "Get out of town, but don't take the boats or the <laughs> or not the boats, but the uh, tunnels and the bridges." It's like maybe half a mile long is like, you know what? I'd try for it <laughs> rather than being stuck <laughs> on this island of fucking insane people. So, um, yeah, yeah, really great movie. And I'm sure you've seen it if you're listening to us because you're crazy if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, just a you're great also movie. crazy if you don't think the third one's good too. You're a fucking liar and that shit just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, I mean, like, it's just, I don't know. It's always fun to see when, how do I want to say it? When someone who isn't Zack Snyder has a vision. Because, <laughs> like, but- I do feel like WB let Snyder go crazy, but they did Nolan too. Like, this is inherently a Nolan film. Like, you know, you don't mm-hmm. feel that trapping of, like, the studio being like, our Batman can't do that or anything, you know? Yeah, it was really weird. Like, because this trilogy was very dark-esque. And, like, that... It feels like that's where Snyder took 
uh, notice, and he's like, oh, man, we just make me make everything dark. And, like, that's kind of where it strayed for me. I was like, DC's always been a color palette, color palette lighter than Marvel, so it just didn't make sense that they would turn their movies universe into this just dark and gritty unbelievable universe just for its own sake and uh but like it works so well for this movie for sure um just all the uh like in the shadow stuff so yeah really good that's all you got for it it's pretty good Uh, so jump from there to let's finishing up uh, unbelievable and damn what a great series yeah it's pretty good as well there's Uh, a lot of pretty good I realized what you meant last week when I was trying to figure out who didn't and whatnot. Um, that's not the part of the story that matters it's more about these these ladies surviving and and trying to figure out who did it for their own sake and sanity. Um, and like the way it culminates in the seventh ish or seventh episode, we get the uh, guy caught through the diligence and hard work of the police. And like everything goes out off without a hitch and you're just expecting it to take this, this tumble and then they leave that last episode for like closure on literally everything. And it works so well. Um, I'm just blown away by how great the series was and everybody that was in it. Um, telling this true story was unbelievable by namesake for sure. Um, just because it, you can't imagine things like this really happening. And, like, it's really gut-wrenching to, like, see the officer that we get uh, introduced to first is, like, my fucked up. And, like, you lived through these atrocities even more of a hardship because I fucked up and didn't believe you. And, like, (laughs) when he's, like, maybe I'm the bad cop and I shouldn't just have a badge anymore. And it's, like, well, fuck. Maybe. But, I mean... I don't have anything to say because you know that you fucked up and like, where do we go from here kind of thing? So. Yeah. But yeah, what a, what a crazy series. And like it, (laughs) those last two episodes, like when uh, Tony Collette lets the other lady uh, take the bus and like when she uh, goes home after this whole ordeal is done just working on her car with her husband like maybe we cross some lines but all we're gonna do is do it all over again tomorrow and try to deal with this crazy shithead world that we live in and like what a way ridiculous intensive serious for being eight episodes long like damn they did their work for sure. So. Yeah. Even though I do think some stuff was non-essential, I get it. Like you have Tony Collette, you let her fucking go if you have her. But like, I didn't feel like I needed that 
subplot about her trying to get the file and her marital problems because of it and like that just did nothing for me mm-hmm. i guess but but i guess you know can't everything can't just be rape and survivor's guilt and terribleness yeah um it was getting to that last episode i was like oh shit is it gonna show that this uh marie adler grew up to be one of these and it's like no this is only three years past whatever this happened and like i figured they were gonna make that that note and then when she calls at the end it's like things are better because you guys are out there in the world fighting for justice and it's like damn that's a great note to leave on and like it sucks that these people really have to deal with all this stuff and like what a fucking awful world we live in but i guess there's people out there doing their best to help us get through it a little bit easier than normal so um yeah just a really good series and like uh just been talking with a couple friends today about it and they're like yeah we watched that and mindhunter and they were really good like really character studies and whatnot so yeah it's good shit yeah it is uh, i i talked most of what i wanted to talk about last week hmm. i hinted around things but i still <laughs> talked about everything i wanted to say oh yeah so if you haven't checked it out i highly recommend it um jumping from there let's talk about our spooks and why the hell does everybody hold Texas Chainsaw Massacre to such such a high degree? Uh, listen, it's gonna, you tread tread carefully, sir. <laughs> like uh, it's pretty much like a coin toss on most of the time when I would go between like, well, I guess if I flip heads, Halloween is gonna be the best horror movie of all time. Tales will be Texas Chainsaw. This is really that high regard for you, huh? It is. It is, yeah. Um, and obviously, it did not work for you. Um, I don't know. I, I was expecting something so much differently. And, like, I was expecting oh, them, okay. the murderer. Before we go. Okay. Uh, no, because I know what point you're getting to. And so the reason, remember I said there's a reason I paired these two movies together? Yes. And What's that right? is because... I I know even you who doesn't like these movies and knows these movies. You know, you know people have talked about these movies for years and years and years around you. You know, literally uh <laughs> when you uh when we finished last week, you know, you you were talking to your dad about it and he was talking about how a dude gets chainsawed in half in it. I chose these movies together because they get away with showing you almost nothing but making you think that you see everything yeah yeah that's a good point um i was expecting the murderer to be so much more intelligent and like lure people away but like literally three of the four people that die in the first hour literally walked right into his murder room (laughs) he's just Cut him down. Goddamn uh, right. So, like, we get to the last half hour, and there's only one survivor. I was like, and then she's literally running away from him as he's running after her with a chainsaw. I was like, how is this going for another half hour? And um, <laughs> then we get to see the rest of the family, and it's like this cut, really fucked up 
family ordeal, like, of all these murders. The grandpa thing was the grossest. So apparently... Oh, come on, dude. When, like, (laughs) when he's just, like, sucking on her finger and dancing. Oh, that's just terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's just fucking gross. I love it that the dad won't, the father won't kill, but then he has her in the fucking sack and just keeps fucking prodding her with a goddamn broomstick. It's like, God... I can see why there are so many horror elements to this show, this movie. Um, didn't necessarily, like, it just seemed very simple and mundane to me, considering what I was expecting. Um, sure. Uh, and, you know, like, one, remember, this movie came out in 1974. You know, yeah. so you're talking, it's 45 years old at this point. Uh, you know, this this movie came out three years before Star Wars. You know, like that's how far back we're going, and it was pervasive to a degree. Like what they were showing and talking about. You know, you're not only, you know, the movie literally starts with news reports of uh, grave robberies and desecration of graves, and you see these two dead bodies that have been pulled out and you know turned into these like monument uh, atop these gravestones. Uh, you get. Uh, and what I really like about this movie is that at no point are you ever like, oh, it's it's real. You know, like, so people try and say, sell shit as like, oh, it's real. Uh, but it's a movie that feels so dirty that you're like, maybe they did kill someone on set. Like, it's I, I don't believe that, like, Leatherface is a real person, but that motherfucker might have chainsawed somebody. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he just seems like this superhuman being, and, like, then he chains us through the front door, and it's like, mm. but, yeah. It, but, I, um, there's stuff I just absolutely love in this movie, though, like, um, again, like you said, like, sure, they do just fucking, like, walk into his house, but, like, that first dude who just gets fucking hammered in the head and then starts selling it like he's convulsing and then like just gets dragged away and the door slams like that shit's iconic. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll never, I'll never not laugh at like when they're <laughs> when they're going through the woods and the the kid in the wheelchair is like, wait, I think I hear something, and then all of a sudden there's just a chainsaw on him, <laughs> like that fucking six foot five guy snuck up with a running chainsaw on them. Um, uh, and like yeah. that, that ending is I, I one of my favorites in horror. Just like that shot of like the sun rising in Texas, this woman covered in blood, laughing that she finally got away in the truck, and Leatherface just impotently and angrily swinging his chainsaw around. Yeah, yeah, it's it's intense for sure. Um, much like we were saying last week with Rambo, I feel so short. Like, for being an hour and a half long, long movie, it really felt like an hour because, like, that first hour just flew by. And then it gets to the point where it's the last survivor and, like, following her as she's being chased and then, like, finally captured and taken back. Like, just straight madness. And I was like, I was, I was, I was thinking about Saw a lot and how grotesque the imagery was 
And, like, now that you remind me that it's, like, this is 74 before, like, any of this was really a thing. And, like, I, I understand, like, early slashers are kind of like this. But, yeah, it's just a ridiculous sentiment to get, want to return to this family and see how fucking awful they are. Um, yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. There's something, there's an undercurrent of pervasiveness that I feel runs throughout the film, which is unsettling to a degree. Um, you know, at in a time when you reach like the height of like slashers and like the mid to late 80s, it's always like, you know, you're rooting for the killer, you know? And at no point am I like, I want Leatherface to kill these people. I'm also not like, I want him to get away, but I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do to you. He, he obviously cut someone's face off and is wearing it. Um, I think you guys should go away. You should probably move on, get away from this house. Um, yeah. And how they start the movie and like nobody survived. So like when the, the one lady survives at the end, it was kind of surprising. Um, because if, if Leatherface would have just killed them all and like, it just would have been a non nonchalant, like, Oh, well, he's good at killing but considering she gets away and like what she has to do to get the hell out of there um and like and that's like i love that like you know you always run into horse ropes of like why don't they try you know why are they doing this why are they doing that this bitch just like yeah i'm gonna run out the window i'm gonna jump out the second floor window i'm not fucking around with this giant dude with the chainsaw we're just jumping out the windows yeah yeah so that's good uh, I can see, but it's really strange. Like when you think about Freddy, who's maniacal and like your dreams and all this other shit, and like uh, Jigsaw, where he's very like luring people into a trap, and then you have this in Halloween, where it's like almost brainless killers, and like they're just moving on instinct for the most part. Um, yeah, just, just I don't like that kind of knowing that there are people like that in the world <laughs> just frightens me well you know because like uh it's you know obvious but like you know leatherface is loosely based around ed gein right you know like the skinning and the murdering and uh <clears throat> that's something i love about this film is like the set design like it's super ridiculous but like I would probably kill myself if I like fell down in someone's living room and there was a goddamn like bone couch sitting there, you know? Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> the like chain rattling and everything. Like once the girl popped out of the the freezer, I was like, nope, nope, just fucking let's get it over with. Uh, also, the hanging on the hook thing, like, ugh, goddamn it. <laughs> Just makes my skin skin crawl thinking about that. So jumping from there to Blair Witch Project, and not quite what I was expecting either. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm. How is this? I respect the legacy of the Blair Witch Project and how insanely effective the marketing behind it was. But I don't ever really think it's a good movie. But again, I think they paired well these two paired well together um because really this is a movie where absolutely nothing happens <laughs> and like that's the strange thing is like 
I went into this knowing that like they don't show necessarily anybody dying. Um, it's it was so much cheesier than I was expecting. Um, I think I looked into a little bit of the trivia and like these people were kind of just given a couple pages of notes and like given cameras and were kind of directed in a way of like improvisational most of this shit. Um, but yeah, it, <laughs> after watching somebody play the game that came out like a month ago or so and like that feeling of getting lost in the center of this these woods and like just like circling around in your own steps and like not knowing where you were and like the fuckery that happened because like the dude kicked the map in the the creek because he couldn't read it um it just just creeps up your skin and like they don't show the witch or anything but like they give enough details of like it forms that imagery in your head and you're like at any point they could just swing the camera around and show something and like it'd just be fucking in my head forever um yeah because like uh i i've grown <sighs> this was a movie that like i remember in probably it came out like may 99 so I probably saw it like on VHS in like 2000 and I was so fucking hyped for this movie being the young little fucking whore head that I was. And then I was just like, that movie's fucking lame. Fuck everything about it. But <laughs> I have grown to like respect it more. And like that, the stuff that isn't like all the daytime stuff where it's just them. I don't feel it's completely extraneous. I feel it is about the degradation of their own mental welfare. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a part where like one of them is missing and they've like found his shirt with like some sort of bloody something in it. And they're all assume he's dead. And they definitely think there's a switch out there. And like, they just break down and like, they're just, Mm -hmm. they're cracking jokes because you know, and talking about how they wish they had cigarettes. It's just such a real moment. Um, mm-hmm. That that stuff kind of, like, feels better. And there's that scene where, like, uh, he's fucking egging her on. And he's just, like, when he has the camera in her face, he's just like, here's your motivation. You got us all killed. We're all going to fucking die because of your hubris. And you wanted to make this. And, like, it's just, it's like, fuck, that is real. Like, that is just, like. That's what you say to somebody when you want to burn that fucking bridge forever, and it doesn't feel fake. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, they were definitely it was, you know, improvisational. It was basically they had you know, when they woke up they would have notes and a little thing for each individual one, and it would be like hey, you know, Mike, you're you're gonna, you know, tell them that you kicked the map in the creek, and no one knows. So that's their reactions to it, and like, it's just them trying to inhabit these characters. Um, and I, I've grown to enjoy that more uh, as I've gotten older. Um, but nothing works more than like those fucking scenes at night. Like you can see why, yeah. like why like paranormal activity cribbed it of like, we're going to build toward the night. What's going to happen at night? You know, like there's that scene where like 
<laughs> they're all in the tent and they're like we think we hear something and it's like kids laughing and i'm like the fuck's a kid laughing for this shit is scary <laughs> yeah. stop it yeah no as soon as, soon as we then, got like, kids la- giggling i was like i am so they, uh, ready to check out of this there's that movie. part that i <laughs> i was so ready to be done with it once the kids started giggling yeah uh, fuck this uh, i uh but there's that scene that I'll always remember is like when they're running away and she just goes, ah, oh, what the fuck is that? And you're like, was there something there? Did I like, what, what was it? What is she, you know, like, it's just, it builds up in your mind and it, it knows that what it's not what makes a noise in the dark that scares you. It's that there is a noise. Like mm-hmm. that's far more scarier than anything they could show. Um, but even like watching it again, uh, I watched it a couple nights ago. Uh, that ending, though, man, when they yeah. get in that is wrong. Don't go like, and there's fucking like black ha- children's handprints over the walls and shit. And you're like, this just feels wrong. Like, they just has that feeling of omnipresent dread. Yeah. Like, ugh, they captured it so well. And like, it's not till that last, what, two, three seconds? That it shows like uh, Mike just standing in the corner that you remember back to the story of the fucking old guy telling you about the murderer is like shit is fucked up. Like I hate it. I hate all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though like this movie doesn't show anything, the thoughts and ideas that it plants with the everything surrounding it does such a good job of just putting chills down my spine and it's like especially that last fucking shot it's like I don't like any of this like you definitely almost got a text that was like fuck all of this shit spooktober's cancelled <laughs> <laughs> so uh, check it out if you haven't seen it it's I, I don't know watch it I guess <laughs> I'm not going to recommend this shit because this shit scares me, so to hell with it. <laughs> that is like, that is my favorite thing that you're just like, I don't know about these movies, I don't fuck them. And then you start talking about it and you're like, oh, it got to. Like, even if you didn't like it, you can see how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Jump from there to the next Netflix movie that just released, In the Shadow of the Moon. And how'd you feel about that sci-fi thriller? <laughs> Did you read like a log line that called it a sci-fi thriller? Or is that where you're? Uh, I think fucking... like Netflix had like their uh, sci-fi men- mind bender, uh, time travel BS like things over the poster when I went to click on it, and I was like, hmm, interesting. I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> How'd you feel about it? Uh, it does not work. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's, it's just your average Netflix movie at this point where the concept's cool. Um, they just don't know how to execute on it well. Um, when they start showing her every few times, it's like, oh, well, I, I can connect the dots well enough. Um, it does have that, that actor I dig uh, from Predator. I just want him to be in something good. At this point, that I'm just... yeah, and that's the thing is like, 
I don't think he has like the talent to pull off what this role required either. I think that's a problem. Um, because I do like him from uh, I really liked him in Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think one of the main things that I, it uh, it even though it doesn't quite do it, but uh, it basically works in reverse. Um, in terms of your peaks and valleys of your storytelling. So literally the beginning of the film is like the action filled ending. And then you work towards this back half that just becomes expository and like just people talking and kind of boring. And by the time you've reached like the fourth iteration of going through this, you're like, just, just end. I'm cool. (laughs) Yeah. For the most part. Um, I think they could have done, like, done a little weird. Like, if they would have intermingled, like, done a um, almost. Fuck, what's the, what's the Nolan movie that goes. Um, Memento. If they would have done that and, like, showed her, like, beginning, like, between these nine year breaks um, and done it that way, I think it would have worked a little bit better. But I don't know. I think they were just reaching too far with this one and just didn't quite. And like, and there's a thing that might just be like me. It might not even be there at all. Maybe it's just like me subliminally trying to figure it out. But like, I definitely feel during those first two acts, uh, where it's set in, uh, what, like 80, 88. And then it goes like 97 or whatever. Yeah. The way that those sequences are done in terms of from a filmmaking and cinematography point, they feel like an 80s movie and then it feels like a 90s action movie in the second part. Like, you know, at no point like during that second part in the 90s where he's a detective and they're sneaking into the airfield and he's held cap. Like, I felt like that could have been Bruce Willis at the height of like, you know, like die hard with a vengeance you know like it it feels like one of those films but then once you get into the 2000s it loses any sense of coherence and like i wonder if that's not an indictment of like the films from that period like (laughs) what solidified my thought that they, they were doing these different sections as the type of film like you get that super like awesome like 80s fucking car chase in that first sequence And then just, like, the look and feel of everything in the 90s feels like one. But he gets to, the, like, the 2000s, and all of a sudden there's, like, random dirt bike jumping and stuff. I was like, <laughs> oh, I, I think they're making a statement, but I'm not sure. But uh, I felt they could have leaned into, like, maybe that more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like if we would have spent a little bit more time in the other periods, it would have made more sense. But, like, once his partner gets shot, it kind of just peters out for sure. Um, also and, having and like, Michael or uh, Dexter and he just shows up to does a little ex- exposition and leaves like <laughs> for being one of like the mainstays on the, the poster it's like he really didn't do a lot other than talking but yeah, but, yeah it's it's, yeah. it's just your Netflix movie <laughs> there's nothing spectacular about it like I love the concept. I think it can be reworked into something better, but for the most part, this movie is just kind of 
kind of bland. Yeah, it's just it, it is like I think like I said that first like forty minutes is good. Yeah, and then it goes on for another hour twenty, yeah. and you're like, stop it. What that's what they should do. They should just make forty minute movies. I think they could really make something well in that period, and then it, it just hits that Netflix uh, trope that like it just has too much time to fill, and like imagine taking yeah, the, I don't know. I think imagine taking that first forty minutes and just making the movie that um, where like he gets dropped out of the the uh, plane, and like the movie just ends there. I think that will work so well. Uh, but then yeah it's just it's weird i don't know it just like i said i think the peaks and valley of the story are backwards and that's why it has no steam by the time you get to the end you're not building towards anything Mm -hmm. you're getting the setup at the end and like i just don't think that works no i'm i'm with you so (sighs) that's this week uh what we got for next week then best and worst list uh, we just have best. Uh, unfortunately, I could not find the worst anywhere. So What's the worst? Uh, uh, what, it's sad because it would have been our first direct sequel to a previous one. Uh, it would have been, it would have been Baby Geniuses Two Super Babies. Nope, you know. <laughs> so what do we got for best list? Uh, we're doing a little flippy floppy like we did for Lord of the Rings. Uh, so number three is technically the Godfather part two, Okay. but we're not watching part two without watching part one, which is our number two. So we're flipping those spots to watch them in order. Nice. That works. So Godfather, (laughs) um, obviously Joker. Uh, uh, we get, uh, in the tall grass, the Netflix movie. Okay. And then uh, what do we got for Spooks then? Uh, for Spooks, we are doing The Shining and The Exorcist. I'm not ready. I <laughs> I don't think I've seen Shining the whole way through. I've only seen bits and pieces, but not excited about it. And I do respect Exorcist. <laughs> I don't think I like it, but uh, I've I've watched that a few times, so that's not yeah as jaunting as this week was. But I'm definitely not looking forward to Shining for sure. So uh, yeah, it'll be the the actual or um, Doctor No Sleep is November, right? Doctor No Sleep. I don't. You're Doctor. You're putting a James Bond. (laughs) Doctor No is a James Bond movie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's next month sometime, like November. This is too much Stephen King to shoehorn in for a whole month period. <laughs> it's, it is not. We'll see. So watch all that stuff. We'll come back, talk about it next week. Uh, all that good stuff. Peace, pineapple, and talk to you later. Peace.